Mark Milton's show. I kind of like, I like Milty. Milty and the Smash. Milty and the Smash. There you go. You wear electric boots? I don't know what that is. All right, here we go. Love it. Pretty good, man. Very good. Paul Soto, you don't hear everywhere. Let's try it. Here we go. Milty. Milty. Milty and a smash. <laughs> Somebody else. Yeah, hey, kids, welcome. It is the Mark Milton Show. Hey, we have fun here. You know, yeah, he's the St. Louis tax lawyer, stltaxlawyer.com. Got any kind of tax situation, this is the guy, stltaxlawyer.com. But I tell you what, what we are showing by this show, the Mark Milton Show, is that just because he's the St. Louis tax lawyer don't mean that this guy can't have fun. This is a great show, not only for delivering information, but also for showing you that we can indeed have fun. We certainly hope you're having that. Uncle Milty, let me get to you with a startup on Illinois. Governor Pritzker over there had said, you know, hey, shut down. You're going to go to jail if you disobey my order. And then everybody started disobeying his order and started opening up. That was last week, week and a half ago, whenever it was. And now they're getting ready to open up. In fact, to the point where on the 29th of uh, May, the whole state's going to open back up little by little. He's going through these phases. And it seems to me it's kind of like you as a kid not listening to your dad. And dad's getting mad, and he threatened to send you to jail. He threatened to send you back to your room. But uh, nobody cares for the or, threat. Or exactly. Or it's like the four-year-old who you say, "Oh, we're gonna take take away your iPad if you keep doing that." And then as a parent, you realize <laughs> I can't survive iPad. this shutdown without giving my kids right. their iPad. Their so iPad. you give it to them anyway. Yeah. And I think that is what's happening because I think people like JB Pritzker know that their orders have no effect. They yeah. have they have no authority yeah. to do what they've been doing. And, and I'm not, I, you know, he's not alone in terms of. People, you know, governors right. and local officials who have tried to issue these mandates. Mm. And even in New Jersey, we saw this week where uh, a gym, you know, the owner was issued citations for reopening. Right. And my belief as an attorney, you know, I do mostly tax controversy work representing people before the IRS, but I've represented people before various, you know, criminal mm -hmm. criminal charges and things like that. And, and in many cases, you know, we're trying to combat injustice. And I believe that these local authorities know that these orders are unenforceable, and if they were to be taken to court and challenged, they would get tossed out by any yeah. reputable judge. Because, and the reason is because there are so many constitutional rights at play when you talk about, for example, the First Amendment, the right to assemble. That's mm -hmm. the first one. Yeah. It's number one. Yeah. The right to peacefully assemble yeah. is our number one right as Americans. And when you tell people that you can't gather when, with more than 10 people, think about this. What if those orders came out in a time of real civil upheaval, right? If yeah. people were protesting the government and you said you can't assemble in groups of more than – think. let's talk about Ferguson here right. in St. Louis. Right. What if the local authority said out of the – because of the uh, health and well-being of our people, we're not going to allow people to uh, congregate in groups of 10 or more during that time? Can you imagine if that oh, had happened? Oh, brother, that But been... that showcases how yeah. – unenforceable it is because you are truly infringing on people's constitutional rights right to, and, and look i'm not being insensitive to the health risks that are posed to certain people in our society by the coronavirus and i don't want to minimize that but we're talking specifically about are these things enforceable 
And and guys like Pritzker are now kind of backing off because I think they mm-hmm. realize the more I double down here, the sillier, sillier I look, especially when you have people going to Home Depot, Lowe's, yeah, right. grocery stores. Um, you know, so it becomes sort of arbitrary in terms of what you're telling people they can and can't do. Yeah. And people are tired. I mean, people are just yeah. tired of being at home. They're tired of not being able to interact with other people. People need that social you know, we keep saying social distance. People need social closeness. They need to feel, yeah. you know, at least that they can go out and talk to people, interact with people, and kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy. Uh, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, he was challenged on one of their proposed orders, which was you could ride in a boat, but you oh, couldn't yeah. ride with, uh, it had to be two people in the boat. Yeah. And a reporter asked, so you're telling me if a husband and wife want to take their three kids out on their boat, they're going to have to basically take turns and Pritzker sort of sheepishly said, well, yeah, I'm sorry. That's what you, yeah, that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And even the sign language lady, the sign language lady hurt the facial <laughs> oh, expression really? was sort of like, yeah, this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. That's pretty so good. I do think, um, you know, they've, they, I think to a large extent they've known all along these orders weren't enforceable, but they yeah. did it because they recognized that most people would just sort of follow along and yeah. not think about, Oh, do I have a constitutional right that mm-hmm. would uh, prevent me from, you know, that would allow me to sort of mm-hmm. trump this? Um, it's funny, Tucker Carlson early on, he had the governor of Connecticut on his show. And Tucker Carlson, you know, big conservative constitutional guy said, did you consider the rights of people uh, under the Bill of Rights Constitution before you enacted these order? He, he admitted, no, I really didn't think about that, yeah. which I found just incredible because as a public office holder one of the things you have to do is you know take an oath that you're going to defend the constitution right and for this governor to sit there and say no i didn't even think about how that might impact people's constitutional rights was was really striking to me well i tell you one of the things that uh, amazed me uh, in this whole deal is that we couldn't go to these certain small stores but we could go walk through walmart without any problem whatsoever or you could go to a cannabis shop you could buy. You could go to a, point. a retail right. cannabis uh, dispensary yeah. that was exempted in Illinois. Yeah. Right. But yeah, to your point, you couldn't go to the local florist or, or local retail shop to pick out a card. Or I was saying, you know, we don't know, so we go to these public officials who we put in place to make the right decisions for us. But the problem in this situation, since this was all new to us, nobody had ever seen this kind of virus before, was the people that we put in who are supposed to be in the know, they don't know either. Well, it's interesting because uh, I will give credit to Donald Trump and his administration because they never issued an order. If you if you right. know it, they, it was always Good guidelines. Point. And yeah. I think part of that was knowing, hey, we don't, and knowing how people love to seize opportunities to go after sure. him. I guarantee you, if he had issued an order, you would have had the left, oh, yeah. the liberal media saying, well, he can't do that. You yeah. can't tell people what to do. But yet when the governor, the darling in Michigan, the governor uh, who's, you know, one of uh, the short list. Joe, yeah. When it's a Democrat doing it, you don't hear that same argument being yeah. made. And so Trump early on, his administration said, here are the guidelines we think people should follow. Uh, they never issued an order. They never, you know, he never said you have to do this. You must do this, which I thought was interesting because all these other uh, Democrat leftist state governors have have issued these orders without, you know, in my opinion, yeah. without really thinking through, is this even constitutional? Do I even have the authority to do this? Mm-hmm. Can I slide over real, real quick talking about uh, uh, Trump? I'm just thinking by now, had not the corona been in place, by now, they'd have been 
campaigning and lambasting on each other left and right. So in a way, Corona saved us from that. But that's about to start sometime soon, I would think. Well, yeah, this summer, I mean, you'd probably have, uh, you know, debates being scheduled between yeah. he and, and, and Joe Biden. It'd be virtual, though. N- uh, neither of them in the same room. Well, that's going to be interesting yeah. because, I, you know, there's there's chatter that, you know, Biden's people don't even want him to debate because every time he's gone on TV or, or made public appearances, yeah. he's sort of just, I won't even say gaffes at this point because it just becomes that's who you are. Those aren't gaffes when Good point. that's who you are, who as, you are as a person, is someone yeah. who is incapable of, of uh, really sort of credibly having discussions with other people. I mean, it's just remarkable when you see some of these clips coming out of his basement. Um, but I think that people will want to see them debate. Yeah. I think if he tries, if, if Biden says, no, I'm not going to debate out of fear of the corona or whatever it may be, I don't think that's going to fly. Um, and I also think that it's entirely practical to d- conduct a debate without a, without a live audience mm-hmm. where these two stand. I mean, they stand 10, 15 feet yeah. apart anyway when they do these yeah. debates so i don't see why they shouldn't be able to do that um you know the election's in november so um there's That's six months still, away man. yeah there's still plenty of time you're gonna have conventions yeah. uh, for both parties uh whether or not they virtual conventions uh the republican national chairwoman uh has said that they're gonna they're they are planning to have an in-person convention oh, really? um and so uh, i believe theirs is in Wisconsin. Charlotte. Oh, there's in, uh, Charlotte, in Charlotte. The Democrats is scheduled for Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Um, so you know, if if local governments there, I guess try to say that you can or can't do it. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays out. But I know the Republicans are still planning to to do an in person uh, convention, and that's a big opportunity. In most you know mo- normal circumstances, sure. that's a big opportunity for these candidates to showcase themselves. You know, they bring on different speakers each night. Mm-hmm. It's a national audience, yeah. And so. I would think both parties would want to have that opportunity. Um, just depends on kind of how it's all going to play out. This is one of the reasons that I think uh, Joe Biden's got to be extra, extra smart in who puts in place with him for vice president. Who, now, do, you, who do you think he'll pick? Well, here's, here's what I'm saying. He made a big mistake by saying, I'm going to put a woman in. All right. That was his mistake because he was more or less playing to femininity, shall we say. When there are contenders for that vice presidential slot, and uh, right now everybody's touting Governor Cuomo over there in New York. He'd have been a great uh, vice president, and then if Biden faded or something, then Cuomo could come in. But I saw a big interview the other night with him and this lady, Stacey Adams. Out Abrams, of, yeah, Abrams, Georgia. Out of Georgia. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what she's done. She was a state senator, okay? That's, that's what I'm that's saying. Her she highest had... achievement is to be a state senator in in Georgia. She she lost the governor's race. This I remember this, that. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's incredible to me that she is being talked about as a viable vi- vice president. Excuse me, vice presidential candidate. Yeah. Particularly when you have a guy who everyone's questioning his fitness. Yeah. You know, f- you know, physical, mental fitness yeah. for office. So you know, they always say a heartbeat away. So yeah, you know, exactly that she could then become president. Yeah. No. As, after having only served as a state senator. Yeah. Um. And speaking of tax problems, not to, you know, she had a big federal tax debt yeah. that, uh, just a few years ago. I forgot about there that. Was some, right. There was some, so I don't think yeah. she's even been vetted, yeah. you know, by the national media. I mean, she was the, the darling after she lost to the Republican candidate down there. Here's what they're doing, though, man. She's a black lady, and I think they're playing to that and building that up. And, of course, uh, he probably won't pick her. 
well, at the, the end of the thing. And but at the same time, he took her into consideration, and that uh, hasn't happened for uh, the black uh, side uh, ever. Well, I think the the leading contenders at this point would have to be Stacey Abrams, mm-hmm. Senator Warren, who mm-hmm. I think I as a Republican yeah. uh, who wants Donald Trump to win. I would fear Senator Warren the most because I think she is the most uh, experienced, yeah. well-spoken. She can she can play to, you know, she can yeah. gather the Bernie supporters, you know, because yeah. she has that sort of populist She tore message. all those candidates up when they were uh, debating and everything. Totally agree. All but to them. your point, if he does that, then he runs the risk of being called a racist for not selecting yeah, an exactly African-American. Right. Um, Kamala Harris, a uh, senator from California, would be another uh, African-American woman. That's who he could I pick. thought he was going to pick in the beginning. But I tell you what, though, she was vicious she was. to Joe Biden yeah, during those was. debates. So yeah. that didn't help They're her. They're all vicious to each other. That's the, that's the play. Because there's nothing, the act. there's nothing more damaging than for Trump's campaign to be able to play clips of Kamala Harris, oh, yeah. who's now his VP candidate, yeah, let's say. attacking Joe Biden. Because they used right. to do that with, I remember in 08, when... Obama, after Obama picked Biden, there were all the clips of Biden saying how inexperienced and unqualified yeah. Barack Obama was to become yeah, president. And yeah. so those, those can be uh, things to consider. I, If I were Joe Biden, I would look outside of politics. I think mm, that, uh, really? yeah. I, on the I business think, side, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. If he's, if, he's, if he's dead set on picking a female, I look yeah. at somebody like a Sheryl Sandberg, uh-huh. Facebook executive. Yeah. Somebody who has sort of the business. Because people, if the economy is not doing well also... They don't want more politicians. They're yeah. going to want somebody who has some business experience, who you know, has the ability to create jobs. And yeah. that's where I think Trump has the leg up mm-hmm. because Joe Biden is a career politician. There's mm-hmm. no getting around that. Yeah. He's been in D.C. for 40 plus years. You think Biden would have the guts to say, I changed my mind. I'm not going to put a woman in there. No. Instead, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he could do I think it'd be suicide for it him. It would be, wouldn't it? But And, and people say, oh, Michelle Obama. Well, Michelle Obama is not going to play second fiddle to Joe Biden. If she wanted to be in politics, she could have been the nomination for the could Democrats. Been, yeah. And she would have been a very formidable yeah. opponent for Trump. Yeah. So I don't think that's possible. So right I think up. he's really left with, you know, Warren, Abrams, uh, the Klobuch- Amy Klobuchar out of Minnesota, I think would have been a very compelling mm-hmm. uh, candidate as a VP because yeah. she's got experience. She's from the Midwest. I think she could really play well to a lot of independent voters, yeah. but it doesn't, you know, you don't hear a lot about her right now. So I think it's really down to Warren Abrams and Harris. If you're talking about existing, you know, current politicians. And if he looked outside of politics, you know, there, there, there could be any number of people. I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Biden gets ill or whatever the case may be, has to pull out and they bring in somebody like a Cuomo or a Gavin Newsom out of, uh, Newsom out of uh, California and that changes up the whole shift of the whole deal. Funny thing about Newsom, he and Trump have really sort of uh, not attacked each other at all yeah, right. during this. Both have been complimentary yeah. of the other. Did you know that Gavin Newsom used to be married to Kimberly Guilfoyle, who's now dating Donald Trump Jr.? Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I didn't know it's that. pretty crazy. Yeah. it's uh, Really? Yes. Because she is fine, man. You're <laughs> talking about when she was on Fox News and all that? Correct. Yeah, that's I mean, her. you tune in just to, just to get but the news. But isn't that kind of crazy? The, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the I did not know there? that. Yeah, pretty wild. Wow. So. All right. That's Mark Milton. Smash with you right here. You got it on the Mark Milton Show.